0: blessing and uh, that is a uh, phenomenal song and I appreciate that. All right before I get started can everybody hear me okay? All right everybody good everybody can hear me? All right very good uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll uh, wind won't be too big of a distraction but uh, there's going to be a lot of wind comes from up here too I can tell you that amen. All right let's take our Bibles this morning and we're going to be in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Of course, uh, last Sunday uh, was Resurrection Sunday, and uh, we preached about, of course, uh, uh, the resurrection and and, uh, what that uh, was about, and and not just Jesus' resurrection, but the resurrections of of the others the Bible talks about. And I'm going to continue along uh, as far as the timeline this morning and uh, preach out of Acts chapter 1 and talk about when Jesus left the earth 40 days after his resurrection. And here's the Title of the message this morning: Six Things Jesus Left Behind. Six Things Jesus Left Behind. So, if you find your place, Acts chapter one. I'm going to read verses four through twelve. Acts chapter one, verses four through twelve. Here's what the Bible says. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come uh, together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel which also said ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven then return they into jerusalem from the mount called olivet which is from jerusalem a sabbath day's journey let's pray lord again we love you this morning thank you for allowing us to be here i pray now as we turn our attention to your word that you'd speak to us, uh, to it, Lord. And, and whether or not we're in a building or we're out in your creation, God, your word has the same power, the same ability. And I pray that you'd use it, uh, to help us this morning and work on our hearts. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name amen amen so uh, of course uh again last week we talked about the resurrection and after jesus resurrected the bible tells us that he was still on this earth for 40 days before the event happened that we just read known as his ascension now a lot happened in that 40 days and uh, we of course uh, uh, read from the gospel accounts that he appeared and met with his disciples and uh, they're in the house and and I love the story where it talked about that he uh, suddenly appeared in their midst. I mean, could you imagine uh, just being somewhere kind of uh, you know discouraged and down, and all of a sudden, boom, here was Jesus. Right in the midst of you, and of course he did, and ministered to his disciples there. He met with two as they walked on what's known as the Emmaus Road, and uh, uh, spoke with them and and revealed himself to them. Uh, we uh, see in John chapter twenty-one where there were some disciples led by Peter that decided that you know what uh, they were done with this disciple thing, and they were going to go back fishing. And, and uh, when it says they went to fishing, it didn't mean they just went out for a afternoon uh, uh, fishing trip out on the Sea of Galilee. No, they were They were done being disciples. They were going back to their old trade. And they were out there toiling, the Bible says. And you know what? They had toiled all night and they caught nothing. And by the way, folks, a life without Jesus Christ, walking away from Jesus Christ, is a life that will amount to nothing. And the disciples found that out. And of course, Jesus met them there on the shore and uh, was able to uh, minister to them and and rebuke them a little bit and and get them back to where they needed to be. And so now we find ourselves uh, uh, 40 days later, uh, they're gathered here at the Mount of Olives, by the way, I like this same place Jesus ascended from the same place his feet were on planet earth will be the same place they're going to land when he touches back down on this planet amen, uh, he's going to touch his feet again on that Mount of Olives, and by the way when he comes back the second time when he when his feet touch his old Mount of Olives they're going to split in two, amen because the the, the the Jesus is back on the earth, but he, uh, he ministered to them there, and then as he ascended, and he went back to the Father, then he left them some things as he went back to heaven. That's what we're going to preach about this morning, six things Jesus left behind, six things Jesus left behind. By the way, the same six things that were good for the disciples some 2,000 years ago are still good for us today, amen? So let's take a look at them today, all right? Number one, the first thing he left behind was an unfinished task. An unfinished task. Look, if you will, there in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And notice what it says. It said this, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, look at that next word, began. Began but to do and teach. You see, folks, when... Jesus came to this earth some 2,000 years ago, was born of a virgin, and had that miraculous birth, and lived that perfect and sinless life. Uh, listen, folks, He came and began some things. Uh, he began uh, the earthly ministry. He began the, what's known as the local New Testament church, and, and He began some things. He he uh, he uh, began what was known as the gospel, the, the, the time of grace, the, uh, the, the gospel given, the gospel of grace that uh, is so freely offered to those even today. And He began some things, but you know what? When He assumed, he didn't. He didn't finish him. You know why? Because guess what, folks? Hey, the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our job. Amen. Jesus began some things, but then he he wants us to continue. What? he began. Amen. And by the way, that's why he founded the local New Testament church. Listen, folks, we're not just a social gathering. We're not just here to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do uh, uh, humanitarian efforts. No, we're here to continue the task Jesus Christ started, and that's to preach the gospel to every nation. Amen. And by the way, folks, as long as people aren't saved, the task is not finished. As long as the devil is still deceiving, the task is not finished. As long as souls are still entering eternity at the rate of almost two per second, the task is not finished. Until the trumpet sounds and the church is called out of this earth, listen to me, the task is not finished. By the way, the mission fields cry out unfinished. The remote areas of every city and every town cry out unfinished. Hey, the presence of the homeless cry out unfinished. The wailing of the unsatisfied soul cries out unfinished. The voices of your neighbors cry out unfinished. You may have some loved ones that are lost that cry out unfinished. Perhaps your own soul may be crying out unfinished. Here's a question for us all. Are we actively participating in carrying out this unfinished task? By the way, folks, again, we talk about a lot at White River Baptist Church. We have uh, uh, the, the the commission of the church, and that is to be involved in this unfinished task of getting the gospel out. John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And by the way, he's not talking about a 24-hour uh, 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 period. of time. He's not talking about the sun physically setting in the sky. He's talking about the time when the door shuts on the mercy of God. And guess what, folks? No more opportunity for a person to be saved. The night's coming, by the way. It's coming. By the way, I believe if we look at the timeline of the scripture, I believe it's almost here. I believe that sun is, is sinking in the horizon. I believe it's about ready to set below the horizon line. Hey, we have a task that we need to be busy doing. Amen? So here we are uh, looking at the, the one of the things that Jesus left, and that's an unfinished task. Number two, what else did Jesus leave? He didn't just leave an unfinished task. He left an unshakable message. An unshakable message. Notice what it says there in verse 3. It says this, and speaking of the things pertaining to, here it is, you ready? the kingdom of God the kingdom of God you know what that's referring to folks it's referring to this great message of salvation and by the way aren't you glad the message of salvation can't be shaken amen it can't be shaken by the way it can't be shaken by man mankind has tried to change the message into something that's more conducive to the masses after all the message by the way of salvation it's a very exclusive message yes it is You know what? The message of salvation doesn't fit the political correct mantra of the day. It doesn't sometimes make people feel good about themselves. And it's not a message people want to hear. You know why folks? Because the Bible's very clear in it. it's a very narrow way. Amen? And if you're going to come to God you must come to God His way through His plan of salvation. Amen? And listen, it's an unshakable message. It cannot be shaken by man. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 1. Here's what the Apostle Paul said to the church of galatia i marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of christ unto another gospel which is not another by the way folks i don't care what this world says i don't care what people may try to claim listen there is not another gospel amen there is only one jesus said i am the way the truth the life as in singular as in there is no plural there's only one amen And listen, mankind can try as they may, but mankind will never shake the message of the gospel. It can't be shaken by man. How about this? It can't be shaken by the devil. Aren't you glad for that? That the message can't be shaken by the devil? Hey, don't think he hasn't tried. Oh yeah, he's tried. But the message and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ still lives on. And he may have tried to shake it. By the way, the book of Acts, you read through that book, and you know what you find The that early church phase? Persecution. You know what you find out? Uh, They were tried to, to be shut down. But you know what? Praise God, the gospel can't be shaken by the devil. How about this? It can't be shaken by false belief. Listen, folks, it's a foolproof gospel. The false cults try to change it. They try to add to it. They try to take away from it. But the gospel is still unshaken. By the way, folks, it's a very, very, very dangerous thing to add or detract from God's Word. In fact, there's a warning given to us in the book of Revelation. Listen to what the Bible has to say here. And by the way, this is a very, very sobering verse. Here's what it says. For I testify to every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. Listen now. If any shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. I'll be honest with you i don't i don't even know that i have a complete understanding of exactly what that verse is talking about but i do know this you better not add and you better not take away amen And listen to me, it's important that we don't try to change it. We don't try to water it down because it is, the gospel is the truth that God's given us and it can never be shaken, amen? It can't be shaken by man. It can't be shaken by the devil. It can't be shaken by false belief, amen? So Jesus left for us an unshakable message. Not only that, what else do we see he left? Look at verse 3. Man, this is good. He left an unquestionable love an unquestionable love. Notice what it says here. To whom also He showed Himself alive after His passion by many. Listen to this. Infallible proofs. Amen? Infallible proofs. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ is one of the most proven, uh, uh, solid pieces of historical evidence there's ever been. Amen? Infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now I think it interesting here uh, that Jesus, one of the first things he did when he arose from the grave and, and what he did in those 40 days was to show himself alive to those people that he loved. By the way, a lot of those people failed him. A lot of those, some of those people denied him some of those people doubted him. But you know what? He loved them so much that he still showed himself to them. By the way, you know why? Because of the love he had for them. And by the way, not just for the love he had for them, the same love he has for us as well. Listen, folks, no person can question the love exhibited by the Son of God. Aren't you thankful for that? Nobody can question that. He gave his life that you and I might live forever. He gave his body to the scourge. He shed his blood for an uncaring world and a generation uh, of ungodly he he left his home in heaven came to a world of sinners who rejected him nailed him to a cross he in love cried out to the father forgive them for they know not what they do he bowed his head in shame and suffering and and died for a world who hated him and wanted nothing to do with him you know what that's called unquestionable love there's no one here today who would do that for a world of people who did not care Listen, the Bible talks about that for scarcely for a righteous man would one die. I mean, listen, folks, as noble as it sounds, true, few people would really give their life for somebody else. Now, I think we all think that we would, but you never know until you're in that position. But listen to me, folks. Jesus didn't just die for his friends. You know who Jesus died? The Bible says he died for the ungodly. He died for the wicked. He died for those who didn't even give a rip about him. Praise God for that unquestionable love. Amen. Even the train thinks that's good. Amen. Praise God for that. I like, I like the timing sometimes, right? God's just reaffirming. Hey, that's the message right there. I'm reaffirming it to you. Amen. And, uh, there's no doubt about the love of Jesus Christ. I love this song and we sing it sometimes. It's in our hymn books. It's called this love divine so great and wondrous deep and mighty pure sublime coming from the heart of Jesus just the same through test of time and it's the song he the pearly gates will open so that I may enter in for he purchased my redemption and forgave me all my sin love divine so great and wondrous all my sins he then forgave I will sing his praise forever for his blood his power to save amen and listen to me folks that's the type of love he has it's an un questionable love. Aren't you glad He left that behind for us? I don't know about you, but sometimes days on earth all, all, all aren't all that pleasant. Amen? Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're hard. And you know what helps get us through? Knowing that we have a Savior that shows us un. Questionable love. Amen. So he left behind an unfinished task. He left behind an unshakable message. He left behind an unquestionable love. Number four, he left behind an unmistakable plan. An unmistakable plan. Again, notice what it says back in our text in Acts chapter 1. He says this, and ye shall be witnesses. And then he talks about where they're to be witnesses to. You know what that, folks? That's a definite undeniable, unmistakable plan. Now, what's a witness, by the way? A witness is sworn to tell the truth of what he or she saw or experienced. Now, you know what we need to do as Christians? All we're to do is be a witness of the things that we've experienced in our lives. By the way, listen, if Jesus Christ has touched your life, you're a witness to it. Amen? And by the way, if we were honest, we could all witness to what God has done in our lives. We can all have a testimony of God's power and his saving power and his keeping power in our lives now listen we're to go and we're to share that with others we're to be a witness of what god's done for us and here's the plan he's very very specific on it you know sometimes we get the plan wrong sometimes we try to figure out a better way to do what god's commanded for us to do hey here's a novel idea stick with the plan stick with the plan I think God knows, amen. I think He knows the right way to do it. Just stick with His plan. By the way, He tells us who we're to be witnesses to, in case you're wondering. He says we're to first be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's talking about our own local surrounding areas talking about our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our community, for us, you know what that would be? It'd be Princeton. It would be Gibson County. It would be this community God has placed us in. Listen, we're to be witnesses here, witnesses of what God has done in our lives. By the way, you know what? At your workplace, you're a witness. Oh, yeah. You're either witnessing to what God has done, or you're witnessing you're you're a bad witness of of what God hasn't done, maybe. Amen. Listen, it doesn't matter where you're at. Your life's preaching something, amen. Yes, it is. Your life's preaching something. We ought to be witnesses in our local area. But it didn't stop there. We're not just a witness here. He says Judea. I've taught you this before, but let's, let's talk about it again. What's Judea? It's more of a, 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 a little bit further out from your local area. For us, uh, here in uh, Princeton, it would be our state. It would be Indiana. And you know what that means? We're to also be witnesses to our state. You say, preacher, how can we do that? God's placed us here. By the way, that's why we're involved in things like planting churches, amen? That's why we're, in, we're involved in trying to get the gospel to other parts of our state. Not only that, we're to be witnesses in Samaria. That's further out. That would be like our country, the U.S. of A. We're to have an impact on our country. And then, of course, the uttermost part of the earth, amen? That's foreign missions. Think about this, folks. Three-fourths of the Great Commission. Three-fourths of the plant has to do with uh, uh things what's called home missions things in our area things that we can touch things that are tangible to us amen listen that's the plan it's an unmistakable plan so here's the question hey how about it church are we involved in the plan what's your part in the plan are you helping to be part of the plan? What are you doing? And you're part of the plan because it's an unmistakable plan. Now I'm thankful for this next point, folks. Because listen to me, we wouldn't be able to do our part in that plan if it wasn't for this. Jesus left us an unstoppable force. Man, I love this—an unstoppable force. Notice what He says: "But ye shall receive power." Amen. Power. And let me just remind you, folks. When you're a Christian, you get some things. Amen. When you get saved, God's gift you with some things, and some. of the things He's gifted you with is power. Amen? Power. And He talks about that power. It's not self-power. It doesn't come from within. No, the Bible says, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with The Holy Ghost. Amen. And let me tell you something. After Jesus ascended, He sent those disciples to what's known as the upper room, gathered together with a total of 120 Christians. And the Bible says that they tarried there for 10 days, and they prayed. And you know what else they did? I guarantee they got things right. They confessed their sin. They made sure they were uh, clean before the Lord. And after those 10 days, the Bible said that God filled them with the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the way, did it work? Was it an unstoppable power? Well, if you're saved here today, it worked. Amen? Because the Gospel started right there in Jerusalem. And it started with those disciples. And you know what? It began to spread like a fire throughout the earth. And by the way, if it, again, any person that's saved today, we can trace our roots back to those disciples. You know why? Because of the unstoppable power of the Holy Ghost of God. By the way, what a power it was just a few chapters later a few days later when they preached in acts chapter 2 they begin to preach they preach with power guess what 3000 people got saved i'd say that's some powerful stuff right there acts chapter 4 5000 more people got saved hey within a few uh, literally weeks months time uh, over 8000 people got saved because of the power of the holy ghost and the bible says and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. By the way, this, this power was so unstoppable. Listen to this. Hey, the religious crowd couldn't stop them. Amen? The lost religious crowd of the day couldn't stop the power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, And they spake unto the apostles, uh, as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. By the way, who's that religious crowd? You know who's going to give you the biggest problems in life as a born-again Christian? Religion. By the way, you know what nailed Jesus to the cross? Oh, the, the, the Romans nailed Him to the cross. Religion nailed Him to the cross. Now, He allowed Himself to do it. Amen? And truth be told, really, His love nailed Him there. But you know who put Him to death? It was religion. Who was it that cried, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Let His blood be upon us and our children! You know who that was? It wasn't the Roman soldiers. In fact, Pilate wanted to let him go. Amen. It wasn't Rome. Rome was the tool. But you know who's the driving force was behind it? Religion was. You know who's always persecuted true Christianity down through the centuries? Study history. Read it. Church history. Amen. You know who it's been? Religion. And you know what? Religion tried to stop the gospel. But you know what? Religion couldn't stop it. Amen. How about this? The government couldn't stop them. The government tried, Acts chapter 5, and laid their hands on the people and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord, uh, by the night, opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life." Hey, listen, uh, the government tried to stop them. And by the way, you know what? Government tries to stop today. There, and I know in America, folks, we, we experience a, a lot of uh, religious freedom here. But this is that's not so in most places in the world today. As, as I speak to you today, there literally are Christians being martyred for their faith. There's Christians in prisons because of their faith. You know why? The government tries to stop it. By the way, how's it working? Does the, Can the government stop the spread of Christianity in a place they try to stamp it out? Let me tell you this, folks. You know what you find out? When the government tries to intervene and tries to stop, the gospel spreads like even more. Amen? Spreads like a wildfire. And let me tell you something, folks. The government can't stop it. How about this? Persecution couldn't stop it. And all throughout the books of Acts, you know what you find? You find persecution coming to those that tried to get the gospel in Acts chapter 5, and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go, and they departed from the presence of the council, listen to this, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Where's that attitude today? Amen? No, you know what? We, we get our feelings hurt too easy, don't we? Somebody says something to us, and, and, you know, we get offended and all of a sudden we quit church we quit reading our bible we don't have anything to do with it anymore listen folks listen listen our forefathers faced things that truth be told we can't even fathom what they faced but you know what? They kept going. Amen. And they gladly, the Bible says, they counted themselves worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Hey, listen. You know what? The government couldn't stop them. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Hey, let me have one of you real quick. Hey, one of you go over here and meet the mail person so they don't pull up here. Alright? And then last of all, let me show you this, folks. Hey, amen. Jesus left us one more thing that I want to close out on today. How about this? His unfortunate Failing promise he left us his unfailing promise look if you will at verse 11 and I know we talked about it last week but truth be told folks I never get tired talking about it it's never an old message I always love talking about it notice what he says here which also said ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in the like manners ye seen him go into heaven you know what that is folks it's an unfailing promise. When I think of this, I'm reminded of General Douglas MacArthur. He, of course, was the the general of the South Pacific Theater and was stationed in the Philippines. During the later days of World War II, General MacArthur's men had taken a a beating, and and he withdrew them and moved them to Australia for a time of rest and retraining. As he boarded the DC-9 in the Philippines, those people looked to him as their savior, and he made his famous statement in saying this, I will return. Several months passed, but one day the people of the Philippines heard the roar of the airplanes and looked up in the sky and saw the sky was filled with the American airplanes. Hey, guess what? General MacArthur kept his promise. And listen, hey, I'm thankful he kept his promise, but we got someone greater that's going to keep their promise. Amen? We have our general. We have our king that's going to keep his promise to us, and that's King Jesus. Amen? 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood on that mountain overlooking Jerusalem, and here's what He said to His disciples. He said this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. Amen? And again, why do you have to that, cause it's easy to get a troubled heart sometimes. But notice what he said. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, ready church, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Listen folks, I know the battle gets tough. Amen. But don't get discouraged. Hey, don't quit. Don't get offended. Stay in the battle. Keep doing right. You know why? Because we have an unfailing promise of our Savior that one day He's going to return. Amen. And I, we used the we used a passage last week and I'm going to read it again. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet in the Lord the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know what that is? An unfailing promise. Amen. Now listen, it wasn't so. Uh, Jesus said, if it wasn't so, I would have told you. Now Now here's my question to you. Do you believe that promise? Are you holding to that promise? Are you looking for that promise to be fulfilled at any moment? Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? So six things Jesus left behind. He left behind an unfinished task. He left behind an unshakable message, an unquestionable love, an unmistakable plan, an unstoppable force, an unfailing love. Now here's the thing, folks, I'm sorry, an unfailing promise. These promises are for his children. That's who they're for. So my question to you is this, are you part of that family? Are you part of the family of God? You say, well, I've always been part of the family of God. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Amen? There was a time when all of us were not part of that family, and you're only part of that family if uh, uh, you make a conscious decision through your belief and faith in Jesus Christ to be part of that family. You know how you get in? You get in by belief. You get in by faith. It's called being saved. It's called being born again. Amen? Are you part of that family? How about it, Christian? here's, Here's the next question. Are you accessing these amazing gifts and promises left for you by the Savior? By the way, you know what? If not... You're missing out. You're not getting all there is to get out of the Christian life. Listen, folks, you need, we need to claim these promises for ourselves. We need to start living our Christian life. Listen, instead of just existing through it, we need to start living the Christian life, not just exist through it. And by the way, you can, you can be victorious. By the way, I, I told someone recently, as a Christian, you know what we must have? We must have a warrior's mentality. Amen. A warrior's mentality. Listen to me, folks. I, I, again, I get it. We, we face powerful enemies. We have a powerful foe, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And Jesus gave us everything we needed to not just be a Christian, but But to be a successful Christian, accomplishing things, doing things that would please Him. And I pray that that is your desire and that is what you would want in your life. Amen. So let me just encourage you. Claim the things that Jesus left behind for us. Amen. Claim these things. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.